the confusion between passion and and anger that I wasn't passionate about it. I was angry about it. And when I started started painting things that I loved, um, the work was better and people um, responded more to it. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone. And you can check out some of my work, which is on my website, mikebrennan.me. I'd also love to extend an invitation to you to join our free Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It's where all types of creatives are showing up to say, I want to be more consistent with my creativity and craft. And if you would like to be a part of that community, we would love to have you. Go to dailycreativehabit.com to sign up to be a part of that group. Also, you can sign up for the free Daily Creative Habit newsletter. This is a newsletter that comes twice a week right now. It comes Mondays and Fridays. The newsletter is packed with resources and inspiration and also daily prompts that are centered around creativity. And it doesn't matter if you're a visual artist, musician, content creator, what your creative expression is. These prompts are designed to get you thinking and engage with your own creativity and establish your own daily creative habit. Go to dailycreativehabit.com and subscribe today. Hey, so for this week, I have my second part of my creative chat with Bill Nelson. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please go back and do that now so you can hear this whole conversation in context. The first part was more about Bill's journey and how he arrived to where he is today. Uh, we talked a lot about the specifics of different jobs he had and kind of his evolution in his uh, work. And so this week, we're talking a little bit more about um, just some of the materials he uses and his thought process behind what he does. And so uh, I'm going to get out of the way here and bring to you my second part of the creative chat with Bill Nelson. So you mentioned, you know, getting into this place where you eventually did become a gallery artist. How did that happen? Um, I did um, the New York, um, what's it called? I, there's a class, I don't know if it's even still there. There's a classified section in the New York, New York for the arts, New York, N-A-N-Y. Do you know what I'm talking about? New York. No. I don't know. It's a, it's a, not, it's a, it's a, it's a city funded classified section. New York organization for that N-O-N-Y-O-A. Oh, I, I can't remember. Um, and I would just enter shows. I would just, you know, just get it, you know, get it seen, get it out there. Um, all, when, you know, when you enter a show, it has to be for sale. I drop the price, make it very accessible um, and just get in front of it, use every opportunity I could to get in front of people. And I would, you know, enter group shows and, and contests like not um, and here's the trick. There's a lot of predators out there in this, in this, um, you know, 
in the in this area. And when 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 someone wants you to enter a show and charges you an exorbitant amount of money, or if someone wants you, it says uh, like there's a um, some pretty notorious um, vanity galleries. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can you can show your stuff here. I need, um, you know, the worst story I ever heard. I need ten thousand dollars up front. That those you know those people are not in it for selling art. They're in it for collect for being predators of artists. But if you for me, if I had to, you know, if there's an entry fee of um, I don't know, thirty dollars, maybe. I, I think the worst case, maybe if it's a good show, fifty dollars. It's worth it to have someone get your work looked at at you know by one of the gatekeepers for twenty five to fifty bucks. I think so. Mm-hmm. I would do a lot of that. I mean, now I think it's more like fifty bucks, but you know, back you know in the nineties, I guess it was a lot less. But still, if you you know. 30, 40, 50 bucks. Yes. A hundred, 200. No. 10,000. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. For freaking. And as a matter of fact, there's this wonderful family that I knew and they took in this kid, uh, this African kid who was this monster soccer player. And he ended up playing at Wake Forest, but he was a, a an amazing potter, you know, uh, did this, um, I don't know if you'd call it African pottery because he did it in New Canaan, Connecticut, but <laughs> he made these beautiful pots. And so they, you know, tried to facilitate. Uh, well, when the dad called me up, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, and he said, hey, um, I'm not saying the kid's name either. Uh, has an opportunity to show at a gallery and they want $10,000. And I said, don't you dare. <laughs> There, they saw you, and they, uh, you know, they saw the 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 white family from Connecticut, you know, take you know, sh- taking in the kid from um, Sierra Leone around, and they were going to take advantage. Mm. That's my, you know, they didn't, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of horror stories, too, as far as people trying to take advantage of. And that's where, you know, it's preying on the desperation of artists and artists that, that desire to be seen and to be already accepted and validated. Um, and so I think there's something that you need to work on as a creative person and an artist where you cultivate as much of that stuff as possible on your own and in your own way so that you're not falling prey to those things while still looking for legitimate opportunities. And, you know, everybody has to pay their dues, right? Everybody has to start at a place at which is lesser than a lot of times than what you would desire to. Um, but knowing what you're, um, what you're willing to play with and what you're not is important also, I think, you know, what you're willing to play with. What do you mean? Yeah. As far as like, uh, knowing what you can flex on and what you won't, um, you know, in terms of like, oh. you know, how I'm going to show up and, and, you know, for you, like you said, well, you dropped the price on some of your art in, in the earlier days, um, in the show, just so that to, to make it more accessible to some people, um, because it's not like you have this huge following at that point and this huge collector base where you're like, Hey, I can command, you know, X amount of dollars right off the bat, right? You have to start at a place where it's, it is more accessible, where you do build up, you know, people who are collectors and fans and, um, people who are interested in your work. Uh, and if you put it too much out of reach, then you won't get it chance to even build that 
space, right? Right. Right. And yeah. you can't, and for me, um, if I was, I couldn't price it like I did commercial work. Mm -hmm. Like um, if, if I was doing commercial work, there's, you know, there's, there's, and you know, there are industry standards and especially if you're working for an ad agency, those um, it's pretty good, but um, selling a piece of, uh, you know, selling a piece that is not commissioned that's from, you know, of, you know, something that, that I just wanted to do. I mean, it's for, you know, it was, it was almost, it was almost paying for materials at, yeah. you know, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask us, you know, we're, we're getting towards the, the end of our time here, but I want to ask about the, th the themes in your work, like what is it that made you go towards, you know, and a lot of times I'll refer to this as kind of mashups, right? Where it's like, um, you know, you have, like I have above my head over here on my wall, this is my work that I took uh, Abraham Lincoln and Captain America and mashed them together, right? It's it's taking these two things that maybe seem a little bit like not related or, or slightly related and putting them together to make something new. Um, I see a lot of that in your work of like taking, you know, even the, the piece behind you, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and, and you're taking kind of one thing from one world, another thing from another world and putting it together. Like, where did that come from? Well, um, before I was doing this and there's a, there's a traditional uh, transitional piece over here. Um, before I was doing this, um, I, there's a lot of confusion, you know, for me about, what I was passionate about. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the certain frustrations on, you know, you know, shopping your work around the rejection, mm -hmm. paying, you know, small amounts of money just to get people to look at your work, you know, walking, forget about walking into a gallery and going, Hey, you want to see, you know, they, how many people a day walk into a gallery that are just, you know, anyway. Um, so for a long time, what I would, do as my personal work would be things that were frustrating me that were very, that would aggregate, you know, um, that would, that would be, it wasn't that I was passionate. I was emotional about them. Mm. So I was, so my, my personal work was uh, coming from a place of anger and frustration. And then um, I, I was, I, so a, uh, I, I, a collector, someone who, had bought a nice piece of mine at that time. Um, you know, we would, you know, we became friends and we would, we talked about it and he goes, why don't you keep a dream journal and uh, just train yourself to wake up and, and, and chat stuff down. So I did that for a while and that kind of went, took me backwards. Cause then I had this set of paintings that were very dark and personal and, um, and, you know, not very, yeah, not what's, it was, it was a step backwards. And so I had to kind of come to terms with, all right, kind of like what I talked about when, you know, in my, in my studies, when I was, a, when I, the, the confusion I had between value and, you know, and, and degree of difficulty that just, you know, do what's easy because you're good at it. It just, cause it's hard doesn't mean it's more valuable. And for this, a similar confusion was, um, what, 
passion, the confusion between passion and, and anger, that I wasn't passionate about it. I was angry about it. And when I started, started painting things that I loved, um, the work was better and people um, responded more to it. The reason why this behind me is here is because um, I have a hard time selling shirtless dudes. Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> gave me three paintings back and she said, she goes, I'm, I'm sending these back to you. Uh, no more shirtless dudes. So, <laughs> so I like that painting. It was much bigger. I cut it down because I got a smaller house. <laughs> but so, you know, I started with my family and, um, and then I, I just tapped in to, you know, we talked about, um, you know, growing up in influences, there were no real artistic influences, but there was, you know, there was Johnny Weissmiller movies and there was matinees at the Colony Theater. And there was, um, you know, there was, we didn't even have sports teams. We had the Miami Dolphins. We, the, uh, you know, the Dolphins are another state away almost, you know, Miami's another country as far as, you know, I lived in central Florida back then. It was, it was, you know, farmland. Well, anyway, um, uh, just, just things that I really dug. Uh, um, Jay Ward cartoons. I go, wow. I love Jay Ward cartoons. I love fractured fairy tales. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I love, uh, um, I mean, um, Judy, Gar Wizard of Oz, um, uh, the sting. Um, and so that, so what, what I was, the impetus was not necessarily to be preachy and have a message and like, hey, look, I'm combining to these things cause I'm making a point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not making a point. I'm asking a question. I'm, I'm presenting a, a situation and, and I'm saying, I have my personal feelings about it. I had my personal feeling about it when I dreamt it up and it's changed, you know, during the creative process and while I was making it. And since then it's probably changed again. So it's kind of a living, breathing organism. And um, so uh, even if, so I'm asking you to bring your personal experiences and your biases, I'm bringing, I'm bringing some things together that I think have a connection, have a connection for me. And I hope that you find your own connections with them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, and, and practically speaking, like what is it that you're using in your process um, to create these paintings? What am I using? Yeah. Like, like source material? Well, it, it, that, and then also like, you know, your, your paints and your, I mean, like to walk us through a little bit of like what that looks like for you to actually practically paint something. Okay. Um, I, I, I can do this because I have a, a great niece that spent some time with me a couple summers ago and we, we did a project. I go, okay. She, she did a lot of fill in for me. She's a very competent artist and she's a high school kid. She's so, and then she got bored with doing my silliness and, I said, okay, we're going to do a project. We're going to go to the art store. We're going to buy all the stuff and you're going to do everything. And when you're done, you're going to have a finished piece. So for me, and what I did with Janelle, oops, sorry, Janelle. What I did with my, <laughs> um, went to the art store, we bought stretch bars. 
I order them because I got really good ones. And we bought uh, and we bought some. Well, she used some of my canvas. I used twelve ounce cotton duck. I've tried linen. I've tried you know um, um, all the fancy things, but I beat the crap out of a, a canvas. And if it's not thick mural grade cotton duck, it just it it gets floppy and weak. And it's, you know, and I stretch the crap out of it, so it's tight. It's like a drum. So I stretch my canvases and I don't use any kind of fancy rabbit skin glue and or any of that stuff or, or oil-based. Um, I use good old-fashioned white, white tint gesso. I use Liquid X professional gesso and I tint it a little bit and I, I stretch and gesso my own canvases. I, and then I... Um, get the uh, hard, you know, get the, the drawing materials out and I pop some lines and make some measure measurements and I, you know, grid it out with, uh, you know, that blue chalk line that you get mm -hmm. at a hardware store. And uh, then I get out a piece of charcoal and I, I, I start drawing and I draw it and I correct it. And the beautiful thing about with super soft, I don't use the pencil, I use like soft charcoal things and if you make a mistake you just you just blow boom it's gone and you can do it so um so i draw and erase and draw and erase i spend a, a full day laying it out I, in a day i can get it i can get it tight and so at the end of the day i take it downstairs to our garden where our studio is and i spray the crap out of it with fixative because it could you know one false and your paint would be all gooey mm -hmm. so i put tons of fixative on it and uh, bring it back up and I, you know, wipe off any detritus or anything that's on it. And uh, the drawing stays in there pretty good. And I just start painting. And the first thing I do is, is I usually have two things. I have a, a portrait and I have a, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the environment or the, mm -hmm. or the, the antagonist or the protagonist, depending on which is what. And, um, I always draw the figure first, like well, not the figure, the face. Because mm -hmm. I'm totally confident I'll nail the figure. I'm totally confident I can nail the clothing, but some people I just can't get. Um, so, and I've had to, I, after, you know, so that process is two days, stretching, drawing, and now I've started painting. There are, if, if I can't, in, in the first day, if I can't get the likeness, I know I'm not going to get it and I got to either change it, change strategy or rip the canvas off the stretchers and start again. And sometimes, you know, about once a year, I just tear one up. Just oh. uh, fuck it. can't do it. Like um, Faye Dunway. I can't get her. She's, she always looks like Bo, everyone, you know, Oh, that's Bo Derek. No, it's Faye Dunaway or uh, someone else. I don't know, but, uh, you know, there's, so then, yeah, then you just, you know, paint and correct, paint and correct, paint and correct. Um, as far as materials I use, um, I like, uh, I, I don't do the whole varnish mixing thing. I like to use just straight turpentine and then I graduate to uh, Windsor Newton artist medium. It's kind of creamy and nice and you can smush paint around really easily. 
And uh, as far as a palette, I use, um, I don't do any of that fancy, um, you know, Prussian blue and, and um, burnt sienna black strategy. I use real ivory black, titanium white, and a warm um, uh, Rembrandt, um, Rembrandt, not Rembrandt is the type, isn't a mm -hmm. color, it's the, you know, the, yeah, the paint. Yeah, the brand. So three, and the rest of the colors is all alizarin crimson, lemon yellow, mo mostly just three, alizarin crimson, le lemon yellow, and cerulean blue. So I get all the all the reds, I get the pinks and the purples and the greens. And then I add, uh, if you look behind me, the, um, the cadmiums, and the ochres. So yellow ochre, cadmium orange, and cadmium red, and that's it. So like a handful of tubes and I mix my own colors and I have, you know, and I think I can get a pretty, pretty good range of, um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, you can get from a real kind of somber, kind of soft, ochery, earth tony look or, a soft um, pastel-y kind of um, feminine uh, palette or a, like behind me that Sergeant Pepper in your face, um, you know, really electric color palette with mm. just the same tubes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, love it. Um, and thank you for walking us through the things that you use and a little bit of your process there. I mean, uh, is that boring? <laughs> no, no. You know, well, I think people, people love to see the art and then go like, okay, what went into that? Right. What's some of the stuff behind the scenes? Um, and so obviously some people are going to geek out about some of that stuff more than others. Um, but you know, for those who are painters, to those who, who create visual art, there's always that sense of like, hey, what are you using? And what's your what's your technique? What can I learn from you and adapt into to my own either palette or style or process? Um, so I think, you know, specifically for those who are visual artists, some of that stuff will will certainly resonate and be some takeaways. Uh, and for the rest, it's just part of the process and, and where maybe they don't understand what some of that stuff is. I'm sure somebody's Googling something right now going, what is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. And people ask me a lot, well, you know, white is a big issue, right? White is a big issue for artists. What kind of white do you use? Do you use uh, flake white? Do you use, you know, there's all these weird whites and there's the, I use titanium white for everything. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I use zinc or, you know, zinc is more transparent or, I would get them mixed up and it didn't matter. Just if you yeah. want it transparent, use more medium. That's my, that's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, where can people find your work? Um, and, you know, obviously your website, um, it's williamnelsonstudio.com. People can go there and see some samples of your work and follow along on some social media channels as well to kind of keep in the know of what you're doing, uh, but where can people actually go and see your work? I know Cavalier Gallery, where I saw it, you're opening there for your latest show, um, but tell us, tell us some specifics on some of that stuff. Okay, number one, I am so bad at social media. I'm so, my website is so behind, it's the worst. I, I, I want, I know I should devote more time to it, but my website is 
uh, williamnelsonstudio.com. And I have work up there. It's probably not my most current stuff. I'm terrible on keeping up to date on social media. If, uh, however, at the cab, there's a you can link from my site to the Cavalier Galleries website, and uh, my body of work that's available is, uh, you know, they they're very up to date and very responsible. Unlike me, right now I have a show at, at the Cavalier Galleries on 57th Street, right. Uh, three west 57th right next to bergdorf's on the fourth floor it's a beautiful gallery uh and i got 19 pieces up right now till the end of the month and um uh so if you want if you want to see my work cavalier gallery is the way to go also uh a, a sister gallery uh with ron cavalier is uh um Lou Allen Gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they show my work too. And that's that's a beautiful gallery. It looks it's like a museum, and run by really great people. And um, they have you know they I, they don't have a lot of East Coast artists. They have a lot of uh, West Coast artists out there. But Santa Fe is an amazing town with amazing art galleries. More you know you can't swing a dead dead cat without hitting the art gallery out there. <laughs> and um, and and Ron's uh, places are in Nantucket, Palm Beach, New York, and Greenwich, Connecticut. And I have work in all the locations. And uh, and uh, I I am very I'm devoted to Ron Cavalier and Lindsay Ebanks at the Cavalier Ebanks Galleries. I'm very appreciative of the faith they put in me, and I trust them. Like they're my own family. Awesome. Yeah. I've been uh, privileged enough to, to meet some of the other artists uh, as part of the gallery and be there myself and uh, just see the work, the environment. So yeah, I, I uh, just applaud all of what you just said. So awesome. Well, I want to thank you for our time today, Bill. Uh, we're, we're at the top of our hour, believe it or not. And um, just we thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for walking us through your uh, your journey, your process, sharing your art, and sharing your your story and your life with us. Uh, it's it's much appreciated. All right, thank you, Mike. I'll see you soon, right? Absolutely. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.